Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 2 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes in defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 49 is entitled, To Strive, To Seek, To Find, and Not To Yield. The title comes from the genius of Tennyson in his poem, Ulysses. I shall quote generously from his poem. Free hearts, free foreheads, you and I are old. Old age hath yet his honor and his toil. Death closes all, but something ere the end, some work of noble note, may yet be done, not unbecoming men that strove with gods. The lights begin to twinkle from the rocks, the long day wanes, the slow moon climbs, the deep moans round with many voices. Come, my friends, tis not too late to seek a newer world. Push off, and sitting well, in order smite the sounding furrows, for my purpose holds to sail beyond the sunset and the baths of the western stars until I die. It may be that the gulfs will wash us down. It may be that we shall touch the happy isles and see the great Achilles, whom we knew. Though much is taken, much abides, and though we are not now that strength which in old days moved earth and heaven, that which we are, we are, one equal temper of heroic hearts, made weak by time and fate, but strong in will to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Striving is unique to all of us, though perhaps we don't all face the trials of life with the courage of Ulysses. Still, we must face them. All people have a will unique to themselves. Some weaken their will through repetition of negative behavior, destructive thinking, and bad habits. Some give in to the natural man and allow physical appetites to dominate will, living in a gluttony of carnal appetites, becoming a slave to the body. However, the will can be smothered. It cannot be killed. Addictions may rule our appetites and govern our wants, needs, and passions, But addictions cannot rule our will. That we must forfeit ourselves. The body, not the spirit, is subject to addictions. The will governs the body. The spirit governs the will. The will is spiritual, not temporal. The will is not in the body or in the brain. It is only in the spirit. The spirit, though influenced by the body, always contains the potential to rise above all lusts of the flesh. That is why all people can overcome all addictions, all people can change, and all people can rise above their circumstances, though it may take considerable help sometimes from others. The catalyst is desire. Desire is to the will what appetites are to the body. The opposition is lust, which grows from a surfeit of appetites and passions. Faith is a three-legged stool. For a well-balanced life, we need all three legs. First, there is faith in self. Second, there is faith in others or outside sources. Third, there is faith in God. Sometimes problems are within our own power. However, we must ever keep in mind that we are children of God. 
and that which we have we owe to God. The inimitable Paul teaches us about the diversities of gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 4-11 Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. During trials, the wisdom of God reveals our strengths. The cunning of Satan exaggerates our weaknesses. God would have us draw upon our strengths. Satan would have us dwell upon our weaknesses. The wisdom of God, however, is greater than the cunning of Satan. And out of our weakness, he will build our strength. We see the pattern in nature, which was created by God. During any trial, it is incumbent upon all of us to do everything we can to solve our problems. Sometimes, however, our trials are overwhelming, and we must look to others and rely upon their gifts. Consider the following analogy by Paul. 1 Corinthians twelve fourteen through 22 For the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body? And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. When Paul said that the body is not one member but many, do not think only of hands and feet and eyes, etc. Think of the body of Christ, or as all the children of God working together for the same end. God has distributed his gifts widely among all of his children for the benefit of everyone. He is no respecter of persons. He did not give those gifts to be used for selfish reasons. He intended for each of us to use our gifts not just for the benefit of ourselves, but for the benefit of others. Paul continues. 1 Corinthians twelve twenty-eight through 30 And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. Paul added that we should, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. There are many ways to look at that verse of Scripture. When Paul said to covet earnestly the best gifts, it could mean two things. 
one, to seek to personally acquire those gifts for yourself so that you can help others. Or two, it could mean to earnestly seek help from those who already have those gifts. When we cannot do something ourselves, such as break an addiction, if we seek earnestly those with the best gifts who can help us, God promises to show unto us a more excellent way. Finally, there is faith in God. Have you ever asked yourself why every disease is not healed by miracle? Every problem solved by magic? Why God does not appear instantly at our command when we cry to him? Why he doesn't do everything for us? If he did, what would happen to self-reliance? What would happen to faith? Paradoxically, faith cannot exist in an atmosphere of instant gratification. Instant gratification produces instant expectations. And, rather than gratitude, we become surly when every need is not met. How many have thrown down their electronic device when it didn't instantly perform? Now, quickly we move from beggars to demanding entitlements. We would make God a slave to our wants, a robot to serve our desires. Faith is in partnership with hope. Hope is in partnership with patience. They travel together as constant companions. James tells us. James 1, 3-4 Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Isn't it curious that the perfecting of patience, not the granting of wants, is one of the greatest blessings of faith? John said, Revelation 13.10 He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Special blessings are promised to those who wait on the Lord. For example, Proverbs twenty twenty two: Wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. Psalms twenty seven fourteen: Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalms 33.20 Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalms 41 I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Psalms 135 I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his words do I hope. Isaiah 40.31 But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 33, 2 O Lord, be gracious unto us. We have waited for thee. Be thou their arm every morning, our salvation also in the time of trouble. If we wait on the Lord, he promises to save us, to strengthen our heart to become our shield, to listen to our prayers, to give us hope, to renew our strength, to be our arm every morning, and to bear salvation in the time of trouble. Satan, the father of lies, cannot tell the truth. God, the father of lies, cannot tell a lie. We can, with absolute confidence, trust in the Lord. Turbulence is the atmosphere in which faith grows best, Peter tells us. 1 Peter 1, 6-9 Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory 
at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Faith is not the granting of wishes. True faith is trusting in the Lord. In Proverbs we read, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In my own life, I have been a personal witness that every word the prophets above have said about faith is true. One does not have as large a family as mine and not be confronted with trials of faith. My first wife, Mary, died of cancer, leaving behind six remarkable daughters. My second wife, Linda, brought into my life five remarkable sons and two remarkable daughters. With that increased family came 43 grandchildren and three great-grandchildren. With that comes also a very large extended family. In addition, many close friends have confided in me during times of extreme trials, and I have seen their sorrows and their triumphs. It is far easier to suffer oneself than to see a loved one suffer. But I have witnessed the miracles of those who waited on the Lord. One daughter said to me, from the depths of despair, I did not know that when you hit bottom, the basement had a cellar. Even though the waiting turned from hours to days, from days to weeks, from weeks to months, and from months to years, I personally witnessed the truth of Isaiah's words. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.